What's going on, guys? I'm Alex. And I'm Steve. And this is Black Series Rebels, episode 29. Woo! Dang. Damn, dude. 29 episodes. Holy smokes. Hey, guys, remember, if you haven't already, like this video, leave a comment, and most importantly, hit the subscribe button. Secondly, thank you so much for another successful pin drop mm -hmm. with our awesome new pins, Peg Warmer and Buckethead. As usual, they're gone. Thank you so much for the support. It really means a lot to us because of you guys and your support and getting those pins. We get to keep doing this week after week. Thank you so much, guys. We also have another cool announcement. We are now available in all three locations of the cool, kind of rad boutique comic shop, a shop called Quest. Uh, they're a really cool shop. They're in downtown uh, Los Angeles. They're in the Redlands. They're in Claremont. Uh, if you guys live in the Southern California area, go check them out. They've got some of our legacy pins, some of the leftover ones from Cyber Monday that didn't quite clear out. That So if you haven't been able to get like a teeny or a fist pump, they have those. They even got some early ones that are coming out in a couple of months, but those are already starting to clear clear out so they got hats they got shirts they got the whole thing but most importantly and the coolest thing uh, coming up in March we don't have a official date locked down yet but we're gonna be doing our first ever live episode of the Black Series Rebels. So we're going to have some special guests. We're going to do it with a live audience. We're going to have an exclusive pin just to that show. So you have to come to the show to get the pin. You'll get it when you come in. And we're super excited about it. And that's kind of one of the big things we're going to start doing this year is doing these live shows so we can meet you guys, hang out with you guys, and hopefully start bringing the show on the road, for lack of a better term. Maybe come do it in your hometown. We're really excited about it. And we have to tell you, the dudes over at a shop oh, called man. Quest, they're rad. We're super, we're really humbled to be a part of their team now, and it's really cool. So if you guys haven't checked them out, we'll leave some notes in the show notes on how you guys can find them, and they are awesome. Also, this week we're doing another conversation with ourselves. so I have a call out for some comments. This week we are doing our top five moments in The Last Jedi that maybe we didn't like, or some moments that we really didn't like. It's me. I have one moment and I get a little nuts, but that's okay. It's a, this is a safe environment. So in the comments, leave your top five moments in The Last Jedi that maybe you weren't the craziest about, because we want to hear what you guys have to say. But with that Keep being, it civil, though. Keep it civil. We're not, we're like, do the Black Series Rebels version of that. Yeah. The fun version. Yeah. I don't want you what you were tweeting about earlier this week with each other no no, no. when all the podcasts wanted to kill each other yeah all the podcasts wanted mm. to kill no! each other no! uh with that being said guys hey steve yeah alex what's going on this week in star wars news <laughs> hey steve yeah alex what's going on this week in star wars news not a whole lot Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's oh. a slow news week. Uh, we got some stuff. Let's 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 dive into it. Should we uh, just roll the tape of an older episode? Yeah, like, let's go. Ready? This Here will be go. like a like a clips show, like yeah, what we'll they do would use. Black Series Rebels clip show. No, we do that at the end of the year. Oh, okay. Uh, no, uh, Rebels is coming back in February. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the show you're a titles. huge fan now. I'm a big fan. Um, <laughs> I love. <laughs> Awkward party of two on the Black Series Rebels set. <laughs> what are you talking about? What's awkward about that? I You're don't a big know. fan. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got for me with Rebels? News? Anyways, Rebels is coming back in February. 
Um, we've got two new names of the first two episodes and two synopsises. I'm actually not going to read them or mm -hmm. say them here on the show. I actually don't know them. Um, so. Because in my opinion, it's a little... If you don't want to know, it's a little spoilery. I mean, the episode title, Kanan Dies, kind of gives... <laughs> The whole episode. Well, I mean, the whole thing of Ezra Miller is DJ. There you hear it here, folks. Now, uh, let's just say it's looking like uh, the crew's in for a little... Uh, it's about to get rough. It's about to get rough for the crew. It's about to go down in it's, the DM. Yes, it's about, <laughs> it's about to get rough. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, that's cool. I'm excited. I'm ready for some Rebels. The cool thing is, is like... Rebels should be timed pretty well here to basically finish up Rebels and then we're right into Solo. Yeah. Tight. Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious, though, if we're going to get an announcement of, like, a new, uh, maybe a new animated series soon, you think? I mean, I feel like... Uh, I'm actually surprised we didn't throw this because we've gone over the news notes. Uh, maybe I'll throw in an audible of the uh, Ewan McGregor's beard. Oh. At the Golden Globes. I'll throw it. Ewan McGregor's hey, beard. A, real quick, ask Alex. Hey, what's going on this week in Star Wars news? Hey, Alex. Yeah, Steve? What's going on this week in Star Wars news? Well, the Golden Globes were this weekend, and Ewan McGregor was sporting a Revenge of the Sith-like Obi-Wan Kenobi beard. And fans are speculating that that could mean that he is signed on to do a Kenobi movie. What do you think about that, Steve? I have a beard. I have a beard. Can we be in the Obi Wan? We're Kenobi all Obi Wan Kenobi. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I, so I, I think that we can probably expect a couple of announcements. I would, I would think something's got to happen here because you really think so? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm of the camp that I'm waiting. I, I think, or at least I thought I thought <laughs> that um, they're waiting. We probably Solo. wanted to see how Solo was going to do, but. But that, no. to me, is the same narrative of should Disney be worried. You think give, like... Damn. Sorry, Patty, right. I'm about to swear. You're right. You think Disney gives a fuck what Han Solo's gonna do at the box office? Oh, no! It made $700 million. All right, you're right, I'm wrong. I'm with you now. <laughs> yeah, yes, sorry. Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's coming soon. But it's not about whether it's Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan or whether it's Obi-Wan. Yeah. It's the Star Wars strain is... Is still left the station. Yeah. Like, they're making movies. It's just a matter of when they decide to tell us about them. More importantly, they're making cheddar. Yes. They're making money. So, I would think Han Solo comes out in late May, May 25th, yeah. right? I yeah, think is the day. I think so, so, uh, so I know I should know the day because it isn't the original day that Star Wars it comes out on the, the original day that the first Star Wars came out on. Uh, but. I feel like you probably don't want to get past Solo only having a movie a year and a half away. I think you probably have to have some kind of, especially if the animated series is over. Now it's like, now enjoy those novels and comics for the next year and a half. People are going to be like, it's already weird with Christmas coming up now and not having a Star Wars movie. Yeah. So I do feel like we can expect some announcements soon. I, that's total speculation, but I would assume, I don't think how Solo does has any bearing on whether or not we're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Like, I just, I mean, really think of, like, if you try to say, it's like, you can't say that without laughing. Like, sit down, I'm Bob Iger, and tell me, 
Bob, we want to make an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, but we just want to see if the fans like Han Solo first. Try that. Mr. Iger, thank you for being here today. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the response to The Last Jedi, we did make a lot of money, but the fans are a little... Uh, you know, I know we were earlier talking about doing an Obi-Wan movie, um, but, you know... Wait, wait, we really wait. The, want the, the fans are what? Well, there's a there's a group of fans on the um, the World Wide Web with their keyboards. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, <laughs> sir, sir on Twitter. Uh, well, and and Twitch and 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 other various social media. What platforms. is Twitch? Uh, it's it, it came to notoriety with a video game. But the real reason we're here today, sir, um, you know, I know we talked about doing a Kenobi movie, but with all the flack and all the bad press about what's been going on, bad press. The scenes, well, you know, with the, the one point five billion dollars. Okay, well, you know, with so we're we're just a little nervous about with Solo and everybody, you know. So we're thinking maybe let's see how Solo does before we announce this whole Obi Wan Kenobi thing. Now I know Ewan's already growing his beard out, you know, but but he's not going to shave. I'm going to stop you right there. You're fired. And that's how that conversation with Bob Iger would go. Do you know what I'm saying? You're right. Like, I. I they're not waiting to see how Solo does. Like, they're not. They, 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 these are billion-dollar franchise movies. They don't have time. Every year that goes by without making a Star Wars movie is a wasted investment for Disney. Disney looks at Star Wars and they see one thing, dollar signs. They don't see canon. They don't see the greater narrative of the world. Like, they don't talking about specifically what the Disney board of directors sees. Money. Returns. Obi-Wan Kenobi will make money. We want money. Is there anything that you would like to see in an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie? Besides yeah, Ewan, Kenobi? Ewan, Ewan McGregor. I would like to see Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Would you like to see Liam Neeson Force Ghost, Qui-Gon Jinn? Sure. That'd be rad. I'm down for that. I'd love to see... Him and Yoda having a forced time like Rey and Kylo. I think that would be really cool. I would love, I mean, I wouldn't even be against casting a kid as young Luke. He, Luke knows who Ben Kenobi is. Why not? Why can't it be like they have this like sort of a couple of happenstance interactions? Like why? Like, really, why can't that be the case? Like, I get it. it we're, we're nearing this, like, territory of, like, how involved was this guy that was supposed to be completely mm -hmm. separated? But I don't see why he can't bump into him here and there. And I'm, I know we've seen that he, he does bump into him a little bit in the comics. And I haven't read from a certain point of view. Do they bump into it? Yeah, see? Well, it's implied that they're... He's not at an arm's length. Let's just put it that he's way. He's not at an arm's uh, length. So Luke has to be. Luke is his mission. Do we get Joel Edgerton back? Yes, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. He's a great actor. Yeah. Why? If you bring Jimmy Schmitz back... <laughs> like, no offense to Jimmy Schmitz, but it's like... NYPD Jimmy Blue. Smits. But you know what I mean? It's like Jimmy, Jimmy Smits. Smits. I mean, it's like Jimmy Smits. It's like... Jimmy Smith over here. He's hardly... Like, Jimmy Smits is not Denzel Washington. Like, he's Jimmy Smits. He's a good actor. Bring him back. Bring them all back. Anyone who makes sense, bring them back. So, I, I know I totally just want to... Basically, we went from the animated films and I asked... I was asking about... Do you think when do you think we'll get an announcement yes. on a new 
animated series. And I'm saying I think we have we announcements have to be coming. Yeah. That's what I would say. I could be wrong, but that's what I would think. All right, all right. Well, um, talking about Solo, sir, uh, looks like some Solo um, pickup shoots are expected in the coming weeks. Should Disney be worried? I don't think so. Okay. Not one bit. <laughs> it sounds, from what I can gather, is they're quite literally like an insert here, yeah. an insert there. It sounds like it's... I don't even know how many much of the actors they're really getting. My guess would be it's some like background action stuff that he quickly was like, oh, it'd be really cool if we like had a shot of like this guy blowing up or something like we didn't, or I don't quite have the reaction I need. Let's spend the, the hundred grand. Yeah. Even if they, they're, they're called pickup shoots. They're not reshoots. And even if they were reshoots, Disney's not going to be worried and the film's going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too, right? Like if it, if they're thinking that, oh, if we get just a little bit more here, the movie will actually be really good. Why not? Because the 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 worst thing that happens is Han Solo is as bad as the internet thinks it's going to be, and it makes a billion dollars. I mean, it makes like seven hundred million dollars. That's the worst that happens for Han Solo because because it just there's no world where that movie doesn't make over a hundred million opening weekend. And it makes 300, 400 million worldwide in the first like two, three weeks. And then it stumbles in. If it stumbles into 800 million, they still, like, we're not even, still not even talking about toy sales. Yes. The like, movie's going to break even. We're fine. So my, my point is like, if, that, that's worst case scenario. Best case scenario is the movie's incredible. And it's the best Star Wars movie that's come out in the new era of Star Wars. And then that, and I don't even think if people came out and said that this is the best Star Wars movie ever, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score 99%, I still don't think that movie is going to make as much as Last Jedi. No. So that's the thing, right? It's like, there's no scenario where the only, the best, is their goal should just be at this point now to make the best possible movie that can do as little damage to the Star Wars brand as possible, if there's any potential yeah. of that, that's right. my thought. So, all those all those pickups are probably they're seeing something good in the movie. They would push that shit back if they were in trouble. No. They're not pushing it back. Clearly, I wish they would, but they're not. All right, all right. Um, so this is going to sound like a reprieve of a story from last week. Um, John Williams was speaking with Variety. Johnny Will. Johnny Will. Well, Johnny Will <laughs> says he's got the will to do. And compose episode nine, and he told Variety that uh, he spoke with JJ and was like, "I want to do this. I want to finish out this saga." Um, it hasn't obviously nothing officially has been announced. I don't think he's actually officially signed the dotted line, but Johnny Wills is he's I, back. I only have one thing to say to that. No. Dun dun dun. dun. If he can do more of that in episode nine, I'm cool. Bro, we can take it on the road. We're good. Take it on the road. That could have been it. That was all live. Good job, us. All right. Actually, this is sort of the big news of the week so far. 
Um, it's not Ewan's beard. <laughs> it's not Ewan's beard. It's not Ewan's beard. It's not Johnny Wills is back. It's not solo pickup shots. It's not Rebels is coming back. It is um, the Star Wars Story Group. A couple members of the Star Wars Story Group sat down with Andy Gutierrez of the Star Wars show. Our boy Matt Martin. Matt Martin was there. Matt Martin, what's happening? At Good missing job. words, we see you, bro. Good to see you on the show. <laughs> um, Basically, Matt Martin, Pablo Hildago, Leland Chi, and Rain Roberts all sat down with Andy, and they spilled the beans on some small little Easter eggs and some secrets uh, behind The Last Jedi. We're not going to go over all of them, but a few select ones that I thought were pretty cool and worth talking about was, um, you guys might remember when we enter into the uh, tree and we see the um, the Jedi... Um, mm-hmm. uh, the text. The text. The ancient Jedi text. Oh, page turners. They were not. Um, <laughs> you but, guys might remember you saw a compass. Yes. In that. Turns out if That's any the... of you have played Battlefront 2, uh, this is a Easter egg from Battlefront 2 where Luke picks up um, this old, I think it's a Jedi relic. Compass? It's a compass, and they kind of imply in the Star Wars show that that may or may not be what he uses to find Octu. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not That's bad. a fun little Easter egg. That's the type of stuff I think Star Wars fans want. I think that's the type of stuff where we speculate responsibly, to quote our friends over at Force Center Podcast. We speculate responsibly as Star Wars fans now. Right? That compass yeah. is not related to a compass from the prequels that Mace Windu kept in his boudoir while Kiati Mundi came over and they they sipped on cognac. Like, it's all just chill. It's just a cool little connection. But what about Darth Plagueis? What about Kiati Mundi? <laughs> Bro, I'm still waiting for my Sio Bibbs. Sio. My Sio Bibbs standalone. A Sio Bibbs. A Star Wars story. Sio Bibbs. No, no. Are you kidding me? Invasion. Asayo Bibbles story. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Another little Easter egg. You guys might recall the Falcon dice uh, in The Last Jedi. Luke gives them to Leia. They disappear. The whole thing. Turns out, J.J. actually shot a scene in The Force Awakens of Han hanging those dice back up where they were that you can kind of see in the background in A New Hope. But it ended up getting cut. But it ended up getting cut. But Ryan was right in the movie... <laughs> and was while like, they were making that, and was like, "Yeah, that's we're gonna put that in this movie." And then <laughs> JJ cut it out, and Ryan was like, "I'm still keeping it. I like it. I like yeah. my little dice." Yeah, I think that's a cool little nod to fans that knew that those dice were there. I would also say, I I would I mean, if I was a betting man, those are probably gonna show up in the Han Solo movie. Not only are they gonna show up in the Han Solo movie, they're gonna show up at. The Star Trader in Disneyland, and we're all gonna be wearing them on our keychain. I want them on my car. You didn't think about that? I didn't even think about Bro, that. Oh, we all gonna have Millennium Falcon dice. Should we try to beat them to it? I'm pretty <laughs> sure you could probably already get them on Etsy. <laughs> you probably could, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, another one, if you were paying attention, I mean, I, 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 I saw this I one. dug it. I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. It was a um, great, I was, I was sitting in miserable traffic on the way to the set today, and that was such a lovely little treat. It's oh, like, it was, oh, I can't listen to the news. Yeah, it was great. Another little piece of tidbit that they spilled out there was, is if you recall in Rogue One, when they're going through the, um, forgive me, I don't know the proper words for it, but it's when Jin's going through the computer trying to find the... The databank. The databank. They're at the databank on Scarif. They're at the databank at Scarif. 
um, they go through and they they see well, the data vault. Yeah, they're maybe. trying to find the plans for the Death Star, and while they're going over it, they they see some other files, and one of the files is uh, following through light speed, which light speed tracking, light speed tracking, which we got in the Last Jedi, which I thought was a cool little which is connection. Which they talked about how the only way those connections end up working is those movies are in production mm -hmm. at the exact same time. So it's really cool to kind of see how those two little things can inform each other in a really cool way. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, porgs were created because of all the birds on Octu, and well, instead the of birds having, on Skellig uh, Michael. Birds on Skellig Michael. Sorry, <laughs> I'm in Star Wars land. Um, and you know, Pablo went on to say, you know, instead of having to sit there and digitally remove all these birds from the island. Let's just make a creature, and whenever we're doing close-ups on the island, there they are. And when we're pulled back, they're birds, but they're porgs. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was great. I will say this, man. Baby porgs are ugly. Ash Crossan's coming for you, bro. No, no, no. I think I'd be blown away if Ash wants to defend them as being cute. Porg Nation is Porg Nation. I'm not saying porgs are ugly. They grow into their looks. Like... Baby porgs are gross, dude. They're like weird, like fe like fleece wicker balls with like eyes and a mouth. And they're just like... They're like that cotton ball that spills out of the trash. Yeah. And then picks up like... They like... Twigs and... They like don't have and wings. And like they don't have legs. They're just like... They look like, like gremlins, like mogwais that are not like fully formed. Ugh. Yeah. Baby porgs are gross. Yeah, no. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, the other thing is, you remember when uh, we got our little, our little iron pressing the Imperial or the First Order clothing? That's a little shout out to Toast Wars, which most of Hardware us already... Hardware Wars. Hardware Wars, sorry. You're thinking, I'm thinking Toast Wars, the guy who makes yes. pins with breakfast. Yes. <laughs> wow. I'm just screwing up the news left and right today. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I thought was pretty cool, um, they pretty much confirmed, look, Ray shutting the Millennium Falcon door is sort of the Michael Corleone closing the door at the end of The Godfather on uh, Diane Keaton's K. It's basically Ray's like, nah, we done here. Yeah. No more. Speculate responsibly. That's all I'll say about that. I do, th I mean, listen, that was always my opinion sure. of that shot. Sure. If they're like... You <laughs> Please explain to me how a door closing does not represent a door. Like it's, it's a literal door closing. It's a literal nope, door closing. It's just a door closing. Yeah, no, That's it's, all it is. it's a door. It's it's a it's a. There's all kinds of doors being closed in that moment. Um, Luke throwing the lightsaber is just Luke throwing the lightsaber. There's no metaphors here. Yeah, bro. no, there's a lot of metaphors, okay. uh, which we're gonna get into when we talk about our, <laughs> in our next segment. But I, I'm actually I was actually really glad to hear them say this, because. They could have very easily left that alone. Sure. And let us go nuts for the next, and kill each other over the next two years. But it was really nice for them to say like, nope. That is like, the, the, that, that shot is quite literally, the door is closing. We're done here. We're done here. We're done here. All right, one last little tidbit for you. You might notice if you stayed for the credits, Mark Hamill has not one, but two credits in this movie. Turns out, Mark Hamill voices the drunk little guy getting drinks and popping coins into BB-8 on Canto by it, which I thought was pretty funny. He looks like a Harry Potter banker. Oh, he does. It's a Harry Potter creature. I love him. 
But it's Harry Potter. We're yeah. in Harry Potter land. Yeah. With that he kind of looks like. Did you ever see the old Masters of the Universe movie with Dolph Lundgren? No. <laughs> you have Cisco, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't remember his name in Masters of the Uniform Universe, but he looks like a very small version of that creature with the big old chop mutton chops and big there, old nose. And there is a the key. Yeah. So, uh, there is. A, is this the? This isn't the end of the news, right? We no, no, no. We're stuff. almost there. So I'll give a little uh, precursor. Uh, our segment after this is uh, the, our our worst five moments in the Last Jedi to sort of give balance in the Force from what our we don't believe in balance. We don't believe in balance, but. Uh, one of my moments is a character design that reminds me of a character from another movie, and it takes me out of the movie. I don't want to ruin it, because when I say I want to get your pure, raw reaction, because I'm 100% right. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan John was like, oh yeah, totally, I love that movie, so I just took that creature. Alright, All right. that's basically it in terms of uh, this story. I will say this. Um, this whole thing with Pablo and the story group and Matt Martin... Doing this thing with with the Star Wars show for me, I, I honestly think it was, it was sort of a like like you were saying with the Force Center Pod, you know, speculate responsibly. I really feel like this was them, kind of getting out there because they saw what happened with the Force Awakens and they saw what we've all been doing for the last couple of years, speculating and speculating and and making these grandiose ideas and speculations about these small little tidbits. And which caused a lot of people, us not included for the most part, to I guess be disappointed with the movie. And I feel like this was really a moment of them kind of getting ahead of that. At the same time, it's this cool little engagement with fans. And I think that not everything needs to be in this little mystery box. I think that it would be very smart for Lucasfilm to consider doing these bigger roundtable yeah. style podcast video cast kind of what we do yeah but doing them in an official capacity with stuff that they feel they can talk about i think that would be a good idea yeah i do think there's some merit to letting fans speculate let fans have fun absolutely however if the force awakens showed us anything it's that if we're left to our own devices for a little too long oh boy it just it's nothing it's nothing but negativity and i don't i, yeah. don't, I didn't that was one of the real Bummers, and it, it happened like clockwork. Mm -hmm. Happened with Force Awakens. Three and a half weeks in, this movie sucks. Mm -hmm. Now, Last Jedi was a little faster, but now the weird thing with Last Jedi is it's three and a half weeks in, people are like, this movie's pretty good. It's like shifting. So I Just I, wait till that movie drops in video on demand in March. Everyone's going to love that movie once that... We, we, should do a, we should do like a like a little whiteboard on set that's just like... How many days post video release for people to be like, okay, Last Jedi is actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I agree. I think that this this story group thing was a great moment. I would love to see more of it. I also just I found it really interesting mm -hmm. to hear them talk about the way they process story, the way they want to tell story. I'm really into that. I mean, you you yeah. you would know like that's kind of what I'm really really into when I think about my Star Wars is like. How are they going to tell big, grandiose stories in a simple, clean, and concise sure. way? And, it's and really I don't cool. want to wait 30 years to read the tell-all book about it all, either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's get out in front of it. All right, moving on real quick. Uh, you know, Ryan gave a couple interviews. He, he talked with People Magazine a little bit about Rey and Kylo's Force connection scenes in The Last Jedi. He talks a little bit about how, you know, 
he really needed these characters to talk. He needed the, the Ray and Kylo to really interact, but he needed to give a reason as to like why would she talk to this like why would she be in the same room with someone she just absolutely hates and despises so much? And that's how he kind of came up with sort of this I don't want to call it a gimmick, but sort of a cool device of having them interact but not be in the same room through using the force. Um and also, you have to remember, he also mentions that as the audience members, we're also coming into this picture hating this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's really why... Well, the majority of people. Well, the ma- yeah, the majority of people. Like, and, and this other thing, too, I think I, I would be... I would, I would ask fans when they think about Kylo Ren to, like, tr- do their best. I know it's really hard, but, like, you can love the character Kylo Ren, but recognize that he's not good. Does that make sense? He's the villain of this trilogy. Yeah, yeah it's just real. Like, I, I love Kylo Ren. Absolutely. Kylo Ren is a petulant child. Great character. Great character. Great villain. Great villain. Hate him because he's such a great character and a great villain. He's the freaking villain of the movie. Yeah. Um, anyhow, um, so he basically says that's also kind of why in the first few scenes, Ray's pretty much spitting in his face. And isn't just automatically kind of open with it. Murderous snake! <laughs> that might be in my top five. <laughs> keep, keep going. Master Skywalker. That might Anyways, be my bottom five. Um, <laughs> and then he went on to talk about how they technically kind of shot it. Basically, Adam Driver came out to Ireland to, to Skellig. And, uh, Which led to all that speculation yeah. about how Kylo, ma- island. Kylo makes his way to the island. Yeah, and so that they basically did it. And, and they talk about this as well in um, the Star Wars show with the story group, they shot it old school. They shot it with eyeline and, and then just matched up, matched it up. And and and, and uh, Daisy was on set when they did the scenes where Kylo sees Daisy and, and vice versa. And you know what? I think it's a very impactful um, device that he used. There's some the really subtle things he does, like mm-hmm. why Kylo has the water on him, yeah. which is sort of a a nod to what happens with the dice with Luke. Yeah. When there's such a strong connection via the Force, physical elements can manifest, right? I didn't pick up on that until a couple views, and I was like, oh, yeah, the rain's on. It's the exact same thing with, like, Luke, Luke leaving the dice behind. It's a physical element that he feels. He's not actually in the space where it rains, but that connection is so strong that he that rain is on his little glove. I love that he's like... <clears throat> Like, like, I hate rain. I'm so sad. I hate rain. It gets everywhere. What a, yeah. <laughs> I hate rain. It's so cold liquidy. and wet and liquidy. Not like you. You're warm and dry and comfortable. <laughs> um, that would have been awesome. So weird. <laughs> it is so, so weird. weird. Keep it going. The podcast right. was like, what are these guys what talking are they about? They talking about what's wrong with them? Jeez, Louise! All right, Ryan took a really weird, really turn in weird the new turn year. this week. Uh, Ryan also was speaking with the Huffington Post. He talks a little bit about Luke. Um, you know, he basically says, "Look, you know, they're talking about the the final act of Luke in this movie." Um, and he goes, "You know, it's kind of like you know, Luke says in the beginning of the film, one guy with a laser sword to stop the First Order." What, what, what is that? And, and Ryan says, you know, the answer to that is, is is it creates a legend and it creates hope through the galaxy. And once Luke kind of accomplishes that, as well as sort of what the physical toll it makes him go through, 
you know, he basically says there's nothing really more powerful than that. He also goes on to say that the answer is, is that it creates a legend, it creates hope through the galaxy, and it's more powerful. But he also says the galaxy needs legends. Um, he goes, you know, he says the look on Ray's face in The Force Awakens when um, Luke Skywalker's name is mentioned, and she's like, I thought he was a myth. And there's this, like, spark in her eye. Ryan pretty much says that really informed him of sort of, and got him really excited as to where is Luke and, and building this whole myth of him. Um, he also says that that's also where he realized that um, this was the emotionally rich arc that needed to happen at this point, especially in this trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is where Alex goes. That's right. <laughs> the, all, of, all of that is correct. I don't know. I got to tell you, just kind of listening to him talk about the scenes between Ray and, and Kylo and sort of how much thought he's put into Yes, it's awesome. Luke, it's just like this guy, like just, you talk about studying and you talk about being prepared for school and doing your homework. Man, this guy like learned the textbook front to back, all of the deeper meanings, all of the di different layers and just, but I don't know. No! should have had his green lightsaber and he should have cut a walker in half and then he should have done a flip and then we should have gone to Tatooine and we should have saw Boba Fett's skeleton. <laughs> I wanted to see Boba Fett's skeleton. <laughs> Holy moly. I totally agree. I mean, that's it. It's all right there. It's all right there for you to glean. It's all right there. I totally agree. This movie gives you what you want in ways you didn't know you wanted it. And I understand that that's jarring on the first viewing. You want so badly, so badly for Luke to be a hero. He is. He is a hero. He is the reason they survive. If Luke doesn't do that, they all die. Kylo kills Rey without hesitation. He kills Rey. He kills the rest of the resistance and the First Order reigns supreme. But then it's like, what has Kylo got left to do after that? Like, what's he going to do with his time? I'm curious of what the First Order, like, the First Order is going to straight up be, like, G'd up from the feet up in the next movie. Like, they're going to be in control of the whole galaxy. We're not going to find the Resistance in a good place. I think we're going to get more deflectors from the First Order. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to have to write in more characters. Yeah. We're going to need more characters. Like, and that's just, they'll just do that naturally. Like, I think Rose is going to end up being, she'll be a big... A big role in the Resistance and Finn. I the hope two, so. The two of them are going to be a big role in leading now the Rebellion. They'll flat out call it the Rebellion, I bet. They probably won't call themselves the Resistance. The Rebellion is reborn today. I think that's quite literally them saying, like, nope, they're the Rebels. Uh, but I I hear Ryan Johnson, and I'm 100% I'm with you. It's the dude did his homework. And if, if you didn't, if it wasn't presented to you, in the way that you wanted it. I'm 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 sorry, but like Star Wars doesn't belong to us. Doesn't belong to anyone. The only the Last Jedi only belongs to one person. It's Ryan Johnson. 
and the actor the actors performances belong to the actors the cinematography belongs to the cinematography the last jedi vision execution belongs to ryan johnson and it's it's for us to decide whether we like it or not but that that's not the point here we're trying to figure out whether or not that works as a narrative and it 1000% does. It actually works as an, a spectacular narrative. And I didn't even put that together the first time I watched it. I went, oh, Luke was like meditation fighting. Oh, that's kind of like anticlimactic at best, I think is the way Alex Rubens yeah. put it. I was like, boy, that's actually kind of anticlimactic. He doesn't even, like, there's no, we don't see Luke lightsaber fight. And then they go, no, we see him do something infinitely more incredible. Mm-hmm. He manifests the the biggest force. It's the most powerful Jedi in all the galaxy that ever like he and he ever does was. It. I don't and know. And it works. And he saves his friends, and he dies in the process of doing it. And he's a beacon of hope again. Yeah, that to me means so much more than watching Luke run around like a color guard spinning his freaking lightsaber around. Yeah. Yes. Is that badass and cool to see visually? Yes. But from a storytelling standpoint, this is such, there's such more, there's so much more epic. It's such, it's so much more layered and, and just grand and, and emotional and just rich. And it means more than just a cool lightsaber fight. Yeah. I totally agree. And I know, like, and again, people are allowed to feel however they want to feel. Absolutely. You're allowed to feel however you want to feel. We're, I mean, we're going to keep making fun of it. But that's just because we love you. Like, it's just because we're making fun of things that we love. Yeah. Which are Star Wars fans. We're Star Wars fans. We love all of you. As, as irritating as we all might get, irritated as we might all get with each other, we still love you guys. So, that's a, a, a good chunk of news. I think we're going to have a lot more coming out here pretty soon. I know we're getting ready for Rebels. We're getting ready for Solo. I think Solo's coming soon. Uh, we don't have a, a review or any like, sort of extra segments this week. We're going to go right into a conversation with ourselves. We're going to be breaking down our worst five moments in The Last Jedi because last week we did our top five. Now we're doing our worst five for all you people out there that want to talk about how much you didn't like it. This is the episode for you. You're going to relate with us. You're going to relate with us. And this is our balance moment, right? We're about to do our Kylo. If Ray is the top five, we're about to do the Kylo five. Kylo five, Ray five. So why don't we take it to a conversation with ourselves? So, last week, we broke down our top five moments in The Last Jedi, but we want everyone's voices to be represented, so we're going to break down some of the five more cringeworthy moments, maybe not even cringeworthy, just kind of like moments where we now chuckle. I call them like things I hate that I love to hate. For example, from TFA. What's going on? There's a moment where John Boyega clearly ADR'd this what's going on. Or it's line. clearly from another scene. Another scene, and it. they pulled it and put it in there, and it it's so bizarrely out of place. I love it. Or and there's another one with John Boyega where it goes, he was captured by the first order. Like there's like the weirdest, like it's like little moments like that where I just go, ooh, that wasn't finessed. So we sat found some moments in last year. We line up on most of these except for our number one and some honorable mentions. So we're not going to have as many as we did yeah. last week. But, all right. Ready for number five? I'm ready for number five. 
All right, our number five cringeworthy moment from The Last Jedi is we've arrived on Canto Bight, and we've seen the weird guy with the mustache, and they're on the little space uh, yacht or whatever that is, and then we see the Finn and Rose's ship, it lands, and then we cut to a scene of a guy that's the same race alien as um, Eloasi, and he's like, I don't know. I told them they couldn't park here, and Only they wouldn't listen there. to me, and well, I don't know. There they are. That's the guy that parked illegally. <laughs> okay, so here's why. Joseph this... Gordon-Levitt it does the voice of it, by the way, if you didn't know that. Here's why this drives me nuts. <laughs> we haven't been on this, this so-called the richest people in yes. the galaxy planet. Yes, and you got this guy going... Well, no. I don't know, Pop. <laughs> I know, but just like, like we've spent a grand total of seventeen seconds. We've seen these are the like Rose does her little. They're the worst people in the galaxy line, you know. Whatever. We're going to Canto by Knuckle Sandwich. We see these guys on the the yacht, and then seventeen seconds in, it's. I told me couldn't park there. It's like, wait, who's this guy? You just told it. Like, why is he like? I told them they couldn't park here. Like, why? Like, why is he like? I get or it. Or why isn't he like speaking in another language like all the other people of his race are in these movies? I know. It's just really weird. Like that. I get it. It's by the beach, so he's supposed to be like a surfery kind of. No, but see, they said. In fact, they talk about this in the Star Wars show about the little easter eggs ryan johnson supposedly according to pablo did the temp track voice of that character and he was like a surfer beach dude and then joe scorton levitt came in I, you hear a surfer dude because i hear a guy that's like in mayberry pumping gas no i hear like a like a beachy yokel like it, like, like it's, I don't hear like totally like that guy, but it's like, I told them they couldn't park here. It sounds like he's trying Interesting. to do that. Interesting. I hear the yokel thing. I hear the guy like that's ready to pump gas and. He's somewhere between Spicoli and Cletus from. Yeah. It's like a weird, it's like Spicoli, Cletus. It's a totally weird. I told him he couldn't park. It's just, so... and when he goes, that's it. There's the shuttle parkers. It's just yeah, like, a shuttle parker. Also, too, like he has that voice, and then he's in like ivory linens. Yeah, like these like beautifully ornate robes. It's just a really weird. It. I think we'll find a lot of these like moments that kind of like rub us the wrong way. Sort of set us up to like, and I could see why people who watch the movie go, "Oh, I hate Canto Bite." Yeah. Because <laughs> right out the gate, it's these that, really small, like, weird really, choices. Like that, for as bold as this movie is, there were some moments where I kind of wanted like, like is that a moment they were like, oh, kids might be a little bored right now. We got to throw in a weird, goofy like. I would hope not, because like two minutes later, there's a little gargoyle putting coins into BB-8, like he's a, like he's a stumbling drunk. What is it? What are those things? A slot machine. Yeah. So it's like. We're going to have all of that, which actually brings us to number four, number which is four. back on Canto Bite. Got to make those kids laugh. That stupid opera singer. Like, oh, it's so, for as clever as the humor is in this, that joke is straight up tired. Like, it's just a tired joke. I don't even get the joke. 
the joke like why does she scream and why does she scream like an opera singer it's really weird like it's just weird it's like i get it but like the audience never laughs once in fact i think most time the audience is probably like what what is happening in this canto bite place like do you want to know and what kind of makes all of this great is they talked about canto bite leading up to this movie it had like, its own book like it was the second coming of tatooine like we're gonna see the rich side of star wars like they were so ready see for we told you guys we were gonna get a little negative about the movie we told you it's coming but i mean again though like i love the last jedi yeah. but this is what there it's not perfect just silly choices it's like i just go why just have them smash through that's enough them riding on dog horses through a casino is enough. We don't need the opposite. Which, by the way, I've had several people to me say regarding when they heard the noise and then you see the racetrack before you see the uh, space horses. Legitimate people were like, pod racing. It's going to be pod racing. I think pod racing would have been really cool to have. I actually think that would have been cooler. I hadn't even thought about that. If they just smashed through with a pod racer. Yeah. I mean, then you're getting real meta. Now they're smashing through a practical effect set <laughs> with a did like that would have been. I mean, that would you would have, which now brings us which to number three. You would have lost which, this moment. Which, by the way, guess where it takes place, Alex? Canto bite. It is. Uh, well, it, for me, it's the whole. There's a little like a little scene. Yeah. The scene from start to finish. And just, I'm always like, I already get it. I get the message. Like, I don't need it again. And it is when Finn says, felt good, huh? Smashing up that town. And they're just like, yeah, we smashed up that town. Yeah. We smashed up the town, which as far as we know of, is like funny little smiley aliens, surfer aliens and then really rich war profiteers like we don't really have the, and a guy that whips horses and is a great like we don't really have a true reason to really hate canto bite we just don't no, because they've made it fun other than the whipping of the, the, space the, horses. the, the like the space or and, and i'm and not the little kids i'm not saying that war profiteering yeah. is fun it's like all you've done is tell me why i should hate canto bite i haven't really had time to really Experience to, to experience it. why I should hate Canto Bite, and that's again just personal preference. Still, like, there's a lot of stuff in Canto Bite that I do like. Oh, I've grown to love Canto Bite with each viewing. Yes, for the and, most and, part, and and, 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 and its reasoning for being in the story. For me, it's now like I call it's like Maz Kanata's castle. Yeah, I can take it or leave it. It's a I pee like break. it. I like it, uh, but it's it's there's a whole chunk of the scene. It's Finn going, feels good, huh? Smash up downtown, like punches his fist, feeling like he really accomplished something. And then Rose goes, <sighs> takes off the harness, it falls, and then he goes, now it feels good. And then DJ flies in on BB-8 and goes, need a lift? And it, like, it's just a whole like weird, which by the way, did you know there's a callback to need a lift? No. Yeah, so he says, need a lift? And they kind of look at each other like, why is BB-8 with this guy? And then Rose with BB-8 on the walker goes, hey, need a lift to Finn, which I think is a great callback. It kind of makes that moment worth it a little bit. It's a really cool little like callback and connection. But 
it, the real issue here is is Rose kicking off that saddle. Yeah. We already got. We already got. We get it. We see the horses being whipped. We have that really great moment with the kid, with, with Broom Kid living in the stable. We see the Fathers. We're like, oh, yeah. They smash up the casino. They win. Like, the horse is free. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. I understand the metaphor of removing the harness. But, like, why not just go, like, thank you to the horse and have him acknowledge them for, for helping him be free and then have the horse trot away see to me when i when i replay that in my head and i'm i'm listening to it to me that's a scene that i think plays better on the page yes yes when you're reading it than on the screen fair enough if maybe it read great yeah. and it's not saying i don't like the message or the point it's just all of it together when you throw it all into like a solid 30 seconds of one point which is like enslaving animals enslaving people enslaving the 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 one the 99 percent these are these are bad things big systems are bad if we let them control us yeah i get that that's a great message i just don't know if it need to be like felt good huh smashing up that town it felt like a very lazy way to get to get to give me that message that's just me i don't want people to think that i don't like this movie i love this movie that's just it feels weird saying it's, the stuff yeah, I don't like. About I know. This I movie. feel like because guys, in Ryan, we trust. We still do. Like, it's but just, we felt bad we that still we still have to. We're not. You know, a, we're not pleasing. Balance. 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 All right. You ready for this one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is you. You ready? All right. Number two. We no. Just did number three, right? Yeah. We've got yeah yeah J George right. Gordon Levitt, opera singer, yeah. harness, and now yeah. we're on. All two. right. So number two. Um, this line, every time I see it, in fact, Alex and I, we went and saw the movie again recently. We, and we I've both noticed just started the fracking up. Look, <laughs> this is not a, it's not a bad, it's not a bad uh, written line. It's nope. not a bad, it's just a really poor, Daisy, I love you. I'm just going to preface that Daisy right Ridley's now. an incredible Daisy, actress. I think you're a great actress. Um, I had a screw up earlier in the news segment. Um, it happens to the best of us. It happens to all of us. Uh, <laughs> But this line where Luke's out on the meditation rock at the start at the start of that whole thing, she comes up and it's this shot. And she's just like, "But Master Skywalker, Kylo Ren is really bad, and is really powerful with the dark side of the Force. Why don't you come back with us?" It's just so wooden, yeah, and soulless, and just like, Ugh. and I'm going, "Did they really only get one take?" Master Skywalker, Kylo yes. Ren is strong with the dark side of the Force. Now, in defense of the line, it's intended to feed the moment of what do you know about the Force? And then she goes, it's a power that Jedi use to you move, move stuff. Lift things. Lift things. Like, it's, she's supposed to appear uncomfortable and wooden. But that line is, for me, it doesn't read like something she would stumble through. It feels like a plea. Like, I need you to train me. Kylo it, Ren is strong uh, yeah. with the dark side of the Force. What do you know about the Force? Uh, well, it's a power that... You know what I but mean? The, you plea, can, the plea doesn't the come plea out. Isn't the plea is not there. The emotion of a plea does not come out Like, this is... That line. He's about to train you. Yeah. Tell him why. Give and, him a purpose. And my guess would be is, I bet, and we talk about this, I bet Ryan watches that movie and goes, 
damn, I wish I got some more coverage of that line. I bet, because that line is wooden. That's not a poorly written line. That's not, Daisy Ridley's a great actress. That line is just straight up like, clearly they just got back from lunch. She wasn't in her groove. She she hit up the crafty, got some red vines, got a little sam a little salmon, a little wild rice, went for the the steamed veg. You know what I'm talking about, right? She went to crafty, she picked her protein, she got some rice, some veg, got a little bit of lemonade. I, don't know, man. I saw Chris Pratt's videos of what's my lunch and I'm pretty sure she's eating about the same thing and it ain't much. Yeah. So like it, it just it's a wooden line and it's, it's, yeah, it's but here's bad. what i'll say i love it because it will always make me laugh it's so bad it's our it's fin. Good. it's our, fin it's our new world. what's going on oh Whoa. she was taken by the first order all off screen you're like oh that's a really w weird expositional line to have off screen okay so now our number ones they vary they do so would you like to say your number one and then i'll say mine or you want me to say yours and use mine? All right, I'll say mine. All right. Uh, and then we'll do an honorable mention, maybe? Yes, then we'll All do right. some honorable mentions. Right. So I don't want to end, because yeah. I actually have a problem. Like, this is my one real problem. Your actual real issue. I have an actual issue. Uh, again, this one for me, um, it's it's one of the three f uh, flashbacks of Luke. Watching, I know uh, exactly which watch, one. Watch, watch, watching Ben Solo. Can I do it with the saber while you talk? Okay, you ready? You ready? Can you see me, Cisco? And it's just like they got brown things, like brown around around his eyes. His teeth look all like he needs a blur. Bruh. It's just like it looks like it just. It looks like he just took a bunch of mushrooms and he's really angry for some reason and bad tripping, and he's just like. <laughs> yeah it's just it's real just... like over the top and <laughs> <laughs> sorry patty <laughs> it's just so bad totally so like what is what we, and i i get it we're supposed it's, to it's, it's, it's that, kylo's that line, perspective it's kylo's perspective of it all but then he's also got like that really bad dorothy hamill like haircut totally thing, and it's just like <laughs> Who is that? That's not the Luke. Also, I just... too, there's something mildly, mildly, ins mildly insulting yeah. about the fact that that's like the only time you see Luke with truly with the green saber is he's like, <laughs> just like. Well, it's like it's kind of like when you, like in Teen Wolf or something back in the day when like a werewolf is about to turn into the wolf or whatever. It's just, it just takes. It's like I'm always like, oh. <laughs> it's like. Again, it's just a moment where you go. Yeah, and then the, when he lights the lightsaber, the way the greens like light, not it's just <sighs> that's my number one worst moment in the last Jedi. <laughs> but it's still though. It's still not. We're gonna like, laugh about yeah, it's, it. It's like a great, terrible yeah. moment. Like yeah. so. All right, what's your number one? My number one, and here's the thing. Before I preface this, uh, this is actually a genuine gripe. I have with the movie and I my number one complaint is I still after now my I've seen it eight times I've seen the movie eight times so I'm allowed to have this opinion I've earned this you opinion paid for this opinion. I've I've paid my dues for this opinion and it is I absolutely hate the saber toss over the shoulder 
I hate it. I hate it. I understand what it means. Throw away my expectations. I get exactly why it's executed that way. I just think of all of the moments, of all of the meta moments in this movie, of all of the shattering our expectations, and this isn't going to go the way you think. Let the past die. Of all of them, that moment felt like looking right at the audience and being like, we don't care what you wanted. And I, and I think I mentioned, I've mentioned to you this a couple of times. I genuinely believe that the audience reaction to this movie would truly, would truly be more positive if he just didn't throw that saber over his arm. Right, it's the same thing with Surfer Boy in Canto Bite, right? It starts you off from a place of like, huh, this moment, and you can't deny that you left fans on a literal cliffhanger. A drone shot. We're in a fucking drone shot. Like, that John Williams music is not I'm about to toss away this lightsaber. Like, flat out. You're actually giving me an emotional beat that is contradictory to the emotional beat you gave me at first. The, the emotional beat you left me with was, here we go. We're going on an adventure. You're a Jedi. You are the Luke Skywalker. Now, I get it. You can accomplish the exact same fucking thing. Sorry, Patty. With him just not taking it. He just has to look at her and walk by her. Master Skywalker. Like, you see what I'm saying? It is the flippant act. First of all, that's his father's lightsaber that we spent six movies redeeming. I mean, this is like a relic of, this is, this is an important relic in the Star Wars universe. Like, this is it. This is, I mean, you want to show me that Leia hologram to call Luke to adventure again? Guess what else happens in that scene? This is your father's lightsaber. He wanted you to have it when you were all, now Obi-Wan's clearly full of shit. I took it from him as he was burning on a lava planet. But that's his father's <laughs> lightsaber. I want you to have it now that you're old enough. You must go with me to Alderaan and learn the ways of the Force if you're going to become a Jedi. And you're telling me, no matter how mad he is, he would not flippantly throw that next to the water. Like, that's not his X-Wing. That's not a mode of transportation. That is like, that was cut off his hand. That was, he was fighting his father for the first time. Now I get it, the X-Wing was used to destroy the Death Star. There's an emotional connection there. But guess what, that X-Wing didn't belong to his father. That X-Wing was given to him when he got to the Yavin base. And he took it off, he blew up this arm. But this lightsaber... I get it. I get it. I'm supposed to smash my expectations. But you cannot take away that you left me in that last movie hanging on every word and every moment and you gave me a flippant, sarcastic nod to my expectations. 
Now, I get it. We've been talking a lot about letting your expect expectations go away and learning to watch this movie without having the baggage that you carry into it. Here would be my argument. You gave me that baggage. You gave it to me. You told me. You told me that what happens next is so important that you have to wait two years. And I think you can accomplish the exact same thing with just having Luke walk by her and not go throw it over and just and I'm telling you all these people that are like you ruined Luke you ruined Luke I don't think it ruined Luke I like the I like what it's telling me I don't like how it's telling me does that make sense I I look the the, the scene doesn't bother me like it bothers you. Um, however, um, this is the first time I'm actually hearing your impassioned reasoning for, I mean, I, I, you've said why you, you don't like it previously before we started taping, but never quite as passionate as you did right now. Um, I can't argue whatsoever with what you just said. Um, and I feel like I'm what I'm about to say just adds more on to your response what you're going to respond with. Yeah, I get it. Um, I just don't like how it's doing it. Um, I guess for me, I'm okay. Yeah, that first experience watching that happen, I was like, oh, that that's different. That's, I have no idea what kind of Star Wars film we're in for now. Um, I just think that Don't that you think you got that with the Hux call? <laughs> no. You get? No, 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 no. This is a, that's this weird. is that's a, that's, that's, a, that's that's a continuation of the, his relationship. Uh, yeah, that's to me. That, no, no, no. I got like to me the moment of going, "Wow, this is a different Star Wars movie." Is that moment of throwing it over the shoulder? Um, it's also like for me, it's it's a way of just, for lack of a better words, jumping off the cliff and just diving right in, and showing you that Luke just Luke Luke Luke, Luke is done. Luke wants nothing to do with it. Luke is, is just completely like there's a reason he went to an island to not be found and he is so like and he believes that so strongly and so adamantly. Now, again. The the point is then more powerful if he doesn't even take it. I mean yeah, you might be right. I mean but I mean I'm not I'm not trying yeah. to be super combative. You no, then you want are. to use that moment again when it's raining. And she holds it out again. And he goes, she, he does it again. So clearly this moment's important. It's not throwaway. That moment is not throwaway. It's just not. Like no matter how badly you want it, like I get it. It subverts expectation. I get it. You get the exact same thing with him just walking away. Master Skywalker, no. <laughs> Go no. away. Go away. Isn't that also a joke, though, doing that? Like, that's still a joke. No, not not like, not this, dude. Cisco's saying, if you guys can't hear us today, isn't that also a joke? Not this. I mean, that toss is quite literally... Like, the, it's actually, too, the way the toss is executed. It's like... Well, yeah, he does the whole... Not even... He holds it like a baton and goes, <laughs> doesn't even move his body and throws it over his shoulder. Like, quick, like, nope, 
I mean, it's it's straight up. There's no, there's no subtext that is in your face. Like, get ready. This is going to be different. And the more I watch it, the more I go. Like, a big complaint of this movie is there's too much humor. I don't agree with the complaint. But don't you think, maybe, if you don't put a joke right there on the first time they're seeing their childhood hero for the first time in 30 years, people don't have a problem with the amount of humor. People have a real problem with the fact that Luke is... The, a, big, a big problem people have is like Luke watched his father become the worst person in the galaxy and still believes there's good in him. Like, why would he just all of a sudden kill his son? Right? Why, why, I mean, why would he kill his nephew? Right? But we, what I believe is it's the shame of the fact that he gave in to that temptation. That's what makes Luke give in. Like, that's what basically in the end collapses the hope in Luke. Well, and Luke gave in to the grandiose... Uh, yeah, of his own hubris. Like, it's all about, hubris. I'm yeah. so great. Yeah. I need to stop this. Everything I created, bobbity bobbity ba. It's, it's just the act of tossing it, throwing it away. It's like, I love The Force Awakens. And my fate, and this again is my expectation. I get it. My favorite moment on the entire Force Awakens is that shot around the island. And it's that moment. Star Wars is back. And guess who's back? Luke, who spent this whole time looking for this character. This whole movie is about finding Luke Skywalker. And for the first act, to have it be a flippant joke about a relic that's actually really important for a guy that refused, like when Yoda burns the books, jumps back in for these books that have no emotional meaning to Luke. He jumps back in for the books. So well, I don't think it's fair to say that the books don't have an emotional meaning to Luke. The, it doesn't we, have an emotional meaning to the audience because we haven't yes. seen what it's meant to him over all the years. But the, audi but the, the, audi we, the audience's emotional connection to the stuff in the movie is just as important for some things, I think, as a character's emotion. I, I, again, I, I might get flayed in the comments. I get it. Like, I understand why the joke's there. And I'm going to keep saying that. I get it. I understand it. See, and it's one of those things where it's a moment that, that, that you, the audience laughs but the, every time when But they I, don't now. But the thing is, is when I go watch it, I don't laugh at that scene. I, I don't, don't laugh at that. I don't laugh at that at all. I look at that as a guy who believed in his own grandiose myth and now sees how he failed. He failed when he supposedly was Great. supposed to win. Don't take it. <laughs> Just walk away. For him, that lightsaber is a reminder of how he failed. I don't know. I don't see. I, think, I, I don't see how I, that. It's the beginning of. I think the it's myth. The, the first clue that we see of Luke, of Luke's journey that of of him disconnecting himself from his past, disconnecting from the Force, disconnecting from everybody that he's ever. But been fair, don't to. I don't I know that from him not going to help Han? No. Why not? Because they never referenced that. What are you talking about? Empire Strikes Back is all about how Luke can feel. Han and Leia. But he's cut so he gets off a, from the Force. Exactly! I already know that. He's on an island. <laughs> he's, yes, and, but and we, he's, don't learn, and we, we don't learn how he's actually cut himself off from the Force Force 
until later on in the last I guess Jedi. I'm I'm not trying to be cocky. Maybe I'm a savvy audience member. And that like, you, you knew that he was like no longer, like, I don't know. We had conversations where it was like, did Luke turn R2 on? Like, there's been moments where... My point is, because it, it, I, I will, I mean, I can, this is the one topic of this movie I can get heated on. Of course! Of course, every like we all knew that there's a reason Luke's on this island. He wasn't just gonna be like we talked about it. We talked about we talked the first fucking episode of this show was he's grumpy Luke. He's like get out of here. I'm not training you. I don't do that but anymore. We didn't re- yeah, but I then I like, guess I'm not savvy enough because I never took that to be that he wasn't still connected to the Force and wasn't seeing what was going on. Fair enough. And wasn't, but that's all not... You think that saber toss is telling you he's disconnected from the Force? Absolutely. I think after Fuck I've, no. after I've seen... No. After I've seen the Hell movie no. multiple times, Hell not on my no. first viewing. Hell no. But yes. I'm, I'm, this is me telling you I'm disconnected from the... Basically, my religion. Yeah. Please. <laughs> like, true, like, truly, like... You, like I, I you imagine like a no, but you didn't listen to me. To me, that's a that that relic is a reminder of where he started and how he failed, and he's he wants nothing to do with it. What does that relic have to do with his failure? It's the beginning of his he taking the seen... steps. It's the beginning of him taking the steps of being a Jedi. It's what it, it reminds him of that. I guess I just don't see how the the saber that belonged to his father. That he spent all this time trying to save and redeem. That was his lightsaber when he became a Jedi Knight. For all we know, it's the first time he's seen it since it was cut off his hand. I'm just saying, don't throw it over the shoulder. Just don't take it. It does the exact same thing without smacking you over the head with ha-ha. It's like, I don't care that they cut Snoke in half. I don't care that Ray's a nobody. I will do, I, I'm, that, that, all of that expectation, all of that expectation, that's fan-made. Fan-made expectation. You're telling me, you're telling me that when that shot around the island and we see Luke pull that hood over his sure. head, you're telling me when you watch that, that that, that, that wasn't playing an emotional key Resonating I'm with not, a fan. I'm not disagreeing. And like I said, after you you had your passionate nah, plea at the top, I no told way. you, I don't disagree. I don't, like, I understand what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. Having seen the movie uh, several times now, the, the, the moment doesn't bother me. It, 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 and it, I'm not, it, 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 it's okay that it bothers you. And I understand that it bothers you. As you can see, and, and it like, irritates I'm the with shit you. Out of and me. I get it. And what you're saying, I can't disagree with it. And I don't necessarily disagree with it. But for me, I'm more accepting of it. And it has nothing to do with me basically being okay with whatever Star Wars does. And Because, guys, I'm not. I would say it if I'm not. I just... Star Wars can do wrong, and it has done plenty wrong. Um, but as I've seen this movie more and more, the scene doesn't, doesn't bother me as it did like the first viewing. The point of it doesn't bother me. Every message you're explaining to me, which I'm not trying to be condescending, you're just telling me what I already know about. And I, the scene. I started. This. <laughs> yeah. I started what I, I was going to say. I understand the scene. That. My point is, the flippant throw. If you lose that, I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, half of this frustration with what they've done with Luke is gone. I'm telling you, it's 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 quite it's that simple. The movie, if you're going to, maybe that's the hindrance of the movie. I've heard a lot of people talk about how, like, the fact that the movie is a puzzle piece that fits directly onto The Force Awakens might end up hindering where we pick up in this movie. Like, we have to be exactly where we were. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe the movie should have ended with her taking off to go see Luke. And you don't get this whole cliffhanger and then I don't care that he throws that thing over his lightsaber because I never know that that we're left hanging on this moment this moment but to tell me that as an audience member I'm not supposed to care about this relic that in a, an entire movie it calls to her she touches it she gets a whole she gets the the cliff notes <laughs> of Luke's journey that was Luke's likes. It was punished and now it calls to you. Like, you, 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 you're lingering. That lightsaber, it belongs to me. Pfft, it goes to her. Like that moment. Like there are so many moments with that, and you're telling me it doesn't matter. Please. Like, no. Like I can go on and on and on about how important that thing is, and maybe okay, it's important to Ray. It's not to Luke. I will accept that. But then just don't have him toss it over his shoulder. Just have him not take it. Because I think that's even more impactful. I don't want it. Go away. She's left holding it. Oh, but then we don't get the cute moment with the pork stepping on it. Which, by the way, in the book, the lightsaber turns on and kills one of the porks. Well, in the art book, in they the art jokingly, book. like, they probably had that idea. But, you see what I'm saying? I, I just don't throw it over your shoulder. That's I, all. It's I, it's I, it's just the actual tossing it over the shoulder. It's the only moment where I feel like that movie has a mild. It's maybe showing an opinion of the Force Awakens. I think it may be showing the an opinion of expectation. I mean that that moment to me sums up. Where the divisive nature of this Do you think movie. J.J. got to say? Do you think J.J., I mean, I know he's a producer on it, and that could just be because he's entrenched and whatnot, but do you think he had a say in any of what happens in this, that happened in The Last Jedi? Probably. He probably offered up his opinion. They probably shot nine versions of that. I bet there are versions where Luke just doesn't take it. And they probably went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and they landed on that moment because it seemed the most impactful. I don't think they did it to spite me as a fan. I'm not entitled to what I think should happen. I'm just telling you, as an audience member who loves Star Wars, that I found that moment to be like, that was the moment every time I leave it, I go, man, I just wish he just didn't take it. I wish he just said, nope and walked away why does he need to toss it away like that other than the moment for the audience to go whoa he just tossed it away <laughs> like and yes the audience did laugh the first time we watched it we were in the same theater yeah. they laughed second time we watched it they laughed third time we watched it they laughed now that we're watching it with a smaller audience they're not laughing now it's like just kind of a moment that in my opinion is falling flat because it has no and maybe that's where I'm getting. Um, I think you accomplished the same thing. Maybe, and that's why, for me, in the later on showings that we've we've seen the movie, 
Um, I don't think the intention ever was for that to be a humorous moment. Uh, then I think that that's honestly then, then they're just silly. They thought people weren't going to laugh. Did they, then, then I just go, what were you thinking? Of course they were going to laugh. You again, drone shot, you left them on a drone shot and then he tossed it over them. People are going to laugh at that. People are going to laugh because it subverts expectation. That's what a joke is. <laughs> the, the nature, the definition of a joke is it's a trick right? It's a trick. You don't see it coming. You go, oh, <laughs> it's a trick. So I, that's just me. I, I mean, I, I, can, I can circle it back, all the things I love about this movie. I love it. But that is the one moment that will have to either grow on me or I'll just have to deal with it. I don't care. It doesn't affect my opinion of the movie. I just think that if you have a different moment there, I think this. I think the audience reaction would be very different. I think it would be way less polarizing, because that 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 that's straight up. That's you. I agree. That's the moment that people straight immediately up. went. I don't like this. Yeah. And now that people have just lived with it, they don't care as much. But that is most of the people that saw that the first time when I don't like that. So and I think and I and I do believe that the that is one of those like maybe your first impression is the right impression because now you're just okay with it because whatever you know you have a bomb ass throne room scene you have this amazing luke meditation moment you've got the holdo like all the top five that we listed last week you've got all that coming up so you're like whatever you're over it by the time all this amazing stuff happens in this movie but for me I'm just talking specifically about what it means for the ending of Force. Now, the, me the end of Force Awakens means nothing to me. Knowing that he's just going to toss it over his shoulder. Like, it's, it's this. It's the... Like, it's, it's just the whole way it's all cut at the end of Force Awakens. You're, we all talk about, what's that look mean? What's the look mean from Luke? They, they, they left us hanging on that moment, and then they're telling us it's a non-moment. It's a moment, but it's really a non-moment. What's more important is what comes after it. So, again, I love this movie. I mean, our fans are. It going, ruined Star Wars. It, it didn't ruin Star Wars. Like it didn't ruin Star Wars for me. It's just a stupid movie. Like I can say that comfortably, but like this is the first time I've ever really gotten like sweaty and me like grumpy on the show. I guess there's been maybe one more time. There was like a couple more times. But this time specifically, like, I don't care. Like, I, I mean, I love Star Wars. I love this movie. Rebels is for nerds. Like, Clone Wars was okay. Like, I can say all that stuff. Like, I'm totally comfortable saying that. I'm confident in my fandom. All right, bud. All right, bud. Here we go. We're going to play F. Mary Kill. Okay. Star Wars scenes. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Luke throwing the lightsaber. The opera singer. Okay. And your boy, Dexter Jetster. You can only... You got an F. Mary Kill from the Star Wars universe. Is your boy, Dexter Jetster, still going to be the one that gets it? Are we killing Dexter Jetster? Is that still your worst moment in the Star Wars universe? Yes. Dexter Jester is kill. This is that light that saber toss is not worse than Dexter Jester. Like, let's get one thing clear. I might hate that saber toss. 
Dexter Jester's Diner. I would watch like a super edit of like a super cut of him tossing that stupid lightsaber over that I would a Dexter Jester thing. Uh, obviously, I'm going to have to F the opera singer because she's talented. I guess. I don't know. Like, what, I'm not going to F Luke throwing the... No, actually, F Luke throwing that lightsaber. <laughs> you say it like that. F Luke throwing that lightsaber, and I would marry the opera singer because and she's loaded. She hangs out on Canto Bite. I could hang out with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's surfer boy. <laughs> well, I don't know. I could free some fathiers. Can meet Broom Kid. And there you have it. Uh, honorable mention, uh, I will say this. The worst character design in The Last Jedi is the stable owner. He looks like the troll from Ernest Scared Stupid. Like, dead on. They have the, like, oh Goro arms. Remember, like, when he comes out at the end and, like, the little, like, the little stinger at the end of the movie, he goes, like, Ruh! And, like, you can tell that they clearly have a string between his two arms. Because he goes, like, ha! Huh! And they, like, move perfectly in tandem. It's like Goro. It's Goro from Mortal Kombat. That's crazy. That's my honorable mention um, for. My honorable mention, again, it's actually a line delivery or more of a monologue delivery. Um, forgive me. Used to be an actor. Um, not a very good one. Laura Dern is a phenomenal actress. Uh Unfortunately, Laura Dern's introduction into this movie was very flat, had zero emotion behind it, and it's her first monologue where she's introduced and she talks about what Leia taught her and all of that. It just... And I think that's kind of... the kind, Maybe the theme a little bit from these five moments is some of these new things or new ideas, the first, the first time we're presented to it with it maybe isn't the best foot forward yeah so that's why it takes a couple of viewings to get comfortable yeah. with some of this stuff because holdo's awesome yeah she has awesome moments but i totally agree with you that first monologue i was like all right i don't care i don't care yeah but now yeah i care yeah now that i know what happens with holdo i care but at first i was with you on my first viewing i was like Oof. who like woof where did this woman come from and like, I liked her. I like her partner, the her buddy better. The woman who's like, yeah. the one who's like, Leia is in a coma. Yeah. Like she was cool. It was just that first moment with Laura Dern. I was like, all right. Well, it's funny. I see every time I see the Laura Dern scene at the very top when she's giving her first intro. I don't know why I'm always reminded of Harrison Ford's quote about George Lucas, being like, "You can type this shit, but you can't say it." Yes. Like every time be, I see that line, every time I see that scene, for some reason, I think of Harrison Ford saying that. And maybe that's the first Laura Dern sequence. Maybe that Daisy Ridley thing yeah. is the first thing. Maybe that Mark Hamill saber toss, well, we know, maybe it was the first thing. And Mark wasn't comfortable yet with this idea of this new Luke. So it's too aggressive. It's too flippant. Maybe that's all it is. And I'm, we're all just reading too much into it. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Overall, it's a good movie. Yes. We were so positive last week. Like, I hope there's a couple of well, things. Well, I loved there. it last week. We were like, besides all those, it really isn't that many. It's just because no. it's heightened by the internet, and here we are, you know, making it seem like once again and adding our pile into it. But I think you make some very good points, pal. 
and I will never ever look at the <laughs> saber scene, toss saber the toss the same ever again. I am hope I did. I'm, I'm sure I didn't ruin it for people. My point's not that articulated and smart, <laughs> but it's just the way I feel about it. Just. Don't give me drone shots. That's the moral of the story. Don't end on a drone shot. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, this is probably the last time you're ever going to watch us because we got so angry and worked up. That's not true. You guys will tune in next week. I'm, we'll announce a Boba Fett pin or something. We'll do something that makes you guys happy. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, you know, we'll be back next week. And uh, it's going to keep kind of being these conversations with ourselves. We roll into the new year. We get ready for solo. Uh, we've got some cool stuff to be announced in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and may the Force be, be with, with you. Thanks for checking out the show, and if you liked what you saw, remember to hit subscribe. And if you're listening to us over on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. If you guys want to support the show, you can check out our merchandise shop. Every order that we sell goes right back into helping us make this show. And remember, tell your friends. <laughs>